You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We are so thankful you have joined us for this very special episode because we have a very special guest with us. We have uh, Okaloosa County Commissioner, one of our commissioners, uh, Mel Ponder here with us. So, hey. Hey, Justin. Hey, good to be with you. Thanks Glad for having me. Glad you're here. Glad you yeah. are here. And as Honored always, here. I'm joined by James Ross. Old regular <laughs> James, not I thought special. You were, I thought you were going to say it's a very special episode because I'm here. That's with what you I thought was where he's going, yeah. but I'm... and he's wearing his Jimbo shirt. A Jimbo oh, shirt. A Jimbo that's shirt. right. That's so it. yeah, you'd have to listen <laughs> okay. to other episodes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are thankful you're listening, and we are doing. Uh, we're in the middle of this uh, three week series, just talking about the intersection of of the church, faith, and the public square, and we've had. Uh, Mayor Dan Hinkle, Niceville Mayor, last week, and uh, we've just asking uh, community leaders in our in our area to come and just share a little bit about themselves uh, and really uh, what they not just what they do, but also um, how they see uh, the role of the the church, the government, and different realms of our community uh, working together ultimately for the good of the city, for the area, for the community. So, Mel, I want to just start by. First, again, saying thank you for joining us. We're so glad you're here. And I want you just to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your family, and all those wonderful things. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. And Pastor Ross, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be with you, especially for this community uh, and your broadcast audience. Um, And I love the subject matter, so I'm looking forward to digging into that a little bit. Um, but for myself, uh, this September, I'll be married 30 years to my wife. All Nona, right. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, my wife's uh, got a lot of patience, which is good. <laughs> um, but she's from this area um, for the most part, for most of her life. Um, but we've got three children, um, two boys and a girl, 26, 24-year-old boys. And my daughter is 16. And, um, you know, we're, we're thankful to be part of the community here. We've seen God do some amazing things. And um, and so my, my wife, we try to do as much as we can together. But um my middle son is in Tallahassee working for the Department of Education, and my oldest son is here working in hospitality. My daughter's in high school, and so, which is really a big reason why I kind of got rerouted in the political arena back home was an open seat and a chance to come home and be with family as much as possible. And so, uh, that's just uh, kind of a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Ocala, Florida. I'm a third generation Floridian. Uh, no offense, but I did go to Florida State oh, and uh, oh, to be in between a gator and a that's bulldog. That's not offensive because they're not a threat, right? <laughs> <laughs> just not at the moment, but I got to say goals. we're coming back. Yeah, that's right. Oh, although our girls' softball is going to the national championship, our boys' golf is going to the national there you championship. Go. There's um, more than football. We, there's the, your basketball <laughs> you know, team. We, is our basketball Florida. team. And, yeah. yeah. So I have to. I have to. You know. You know. Anyway, so uh, well, and, that's why we're here is to yeah, play for well, the football team. People we'll know who listen know that James is a Gator fan. I'm a Georgia fan. And so as a Georgia fan, I can't cheer for the Gators. So we uh, do cheer know, for good. Florida so, State because we're like, oh, come on, guys. Come on. You can do it. That's how we feel. Like, <laughs> so we're always cheering for them. Thank always you. want them to do well. And Georgia doesn't even have a basketball team. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so yeah, I feel good amongst my people. Which is good. Uh, that's right. So. so how did you and your wife meet? 
we met at Florida State. We did not date at Florida State. We, um, when we both graduated, I was a finance major and she was a marketing major. And we ended up working for the same bank. I was in St. Petersburg and she was in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a training class in St. Petersburg on the commercial side of the bank. And uh, she was on the what they call the retail side. And she came over and um, the following week there was a concert in town. I said, hey, why don't you come over? And she came over and we just kind of hit it off. And, um, and from that point, I was pursuing her and... Um, and got engaged five months later and got married nine months after that. And so uh, it's been uh, a great, uh, great, you know, blessing for me ever since then. And so, but that's how we met was in school and dated after. And, um, and that, thankfully we're back here with our family. So, yeah. you know, I think anyone who's met you would say it was almost as if you were designed to be in politics and community yeah. leadership. But how, tell us about how you got involved. Because first. you didn't start yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't start there. Um, it just, you know, it's one of those weird things that those moments where you got to look back and say, God must have been setting me up. Um, like Jehovah Sneaky kind of thing. Kind of what's going on. And so, one of the names of God. Right one, of the, one, one of the many names that God, God has. And so it was on a, on a morning and it was the last day to qualify for office in Destin. And I kind of somewhat felt like I'd run for council at one point in time. And so I get the newspaper out and, I, and I'm with my wife and I was like, look, there's only one person that's qualified for three open council seats. Now, wow. Destin's not you know, a big city by, right. by all means. Um, and so if it's the last day of qualify and there's two people that have two seats are not even done, I'm thinking this would be a cakewalk. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> listen, we'll, we'll go and um, put our name in the hat and, and hey, certainly we'll win. And so we go through the exercise of, of getting a campaign treasurer, getting petitions signed, all in a short window of time because you had to have everything done by noon that day. And so we get it all done. I get some help from some people and I go trucking over to that point in time. It was at the old county um they call it Taj Mahal, the old county building on the west side of Fort Walton near the golf course. Mm -hmm. So I go trucking in there as quick as I can. It's right before noon, and I become the fourth person in a three three seat race. Oh, wow, and so wow. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, now we got to campaign. <laughs> yeah, upset the apple cart. <laughs> upset the apple cart, absolutely. And so, but we we were excited. We um, felt like we we're supposed to run. We didn't know if we'd win or not. And so we just it was our first adventure campaigning and knocking on doors and. And really just getting our hands around the, the heritage of, of the community and what's important in the community and trying to see where we fit in. And so just what started as just a, what I saw as an opportunity to serve, which I thought was an easy um, shoe-in, <laughs> ended up becoming um, uh, an, an opportunity to run a campaign. And, and thankfully it worked out and we won. And and since that time, I've, I've had the honor to serve as a mayor and state representative and now county commissioner. And so I'm, you know, I'm, to me, you know, I, I think, you know, people get in politics for various reasons. Um, I just feel like hey, it's an opportunity to hopefully shed, you know, people, especially of faith, um, they'll look at the political arena and say, oh, my gosh, it's a dark arena. People mm -hmm. of faith should not go into that because of, you know, all of the, the things that they hear, the bad side of the political arena. But for me, and maybe I'm a little different, I kind of see it that, you know, we're called as people of faith to bring light into dark places. And so how yeah. we expect the political landscape to change unless people of faith actually say, raise their hand and say, here I am, send mm, me. Mm. And so, you know, if you, if you try, I mean, we're going <clears throat> myself included, I'll skin my knee as much as anybody, but if we always know where to go to, who's the author the source and the finisher that, that, Hey, guide, lead and direct my steps, then what part we bring and bring to the table, hopefully will make an impact for the kingdom, but also may be transformational to the people you serve. Mm. So that's, Kind of how it got in. That's really good. And, and in your different roles, you knew at a city level, kind of a, a regional as a representative for our area, and now on the county level, all different <coughs> realms and different, uh, you know, you're representing different groups of people. And 
different different, different yeah. spheres. So I would just like to ask, what has surprised you? Uh, you know, because we all get into things and it's different than what we expected. So what has surprised you as a community leader? What's impressed you? Uh, what's uh, challenged you? And what's what what are some frustrations too? Yeah, well, um, that's a loaded all, question. So it is a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> is this on film? No. Um, well, you know, what surprised me is really nothing. I mean, I guess by long and short, I, you kind of think it through all the. I mean, the political arena today can is very uh, contentious. It's very uh, credit seeking. It's uh, it's a different uh, different area, but yet it controls a lot of the other mountains or spheres of influence if you look at it that way. But in terms of what surprised me, I mean, there's some some moments where people did some things that you think, man, I'm just really surprised they would they would do that. But um, by and large, you kind of want details. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. And their names are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Just kidding. Uh, no, That's no, not no, the point no, of this. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but by and large, I mean, nothing really kind of, you know, kind of, you kind of, you feel like, okay, God, if I'm on assignment, I want to come and honor you. This this season will end. Um, what's most important is my 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 faith, my family, and then what He's called me to do. And if I keep my priorities right, so therefore some of these things that should surprise me, it's almost like you expect some things like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of get through all that stuff. The stuff that impresses me really about the area I've had the chance to to serve in is the people are amazing. Mm-hmm. Once you start scratching the surface and you kind of peel some layers back. This area is equipped with some of the most amazing people I've gotten to know. Incredible wisdom, incredible discernment, incredible uh, success. A lot of um, you know, the military influence, I think, plays a vitally big role um, just from a character standpoint, from an excellent standpoint. Um, it kind of sets us apart, I believe, in some aspects. Mm. You bring in the hospitality area next, which for me, I'm always, as a former mayor and a councilman of an area of a city that's driven by hospitality, right. mm-hmm. For me, I look at the spiritual aspects of that, and you know, breaking apart the definition of hospitality is not not just how we serve someone from outside of our area; it's mm-hmm. really how we serve each other, our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And and so, I get challenged by we see it one way, but I get challenged by the opportunity. But um, but I'm impressed by the people; it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And and I think Northwest Florida is different. And you look mm-hmm. at the the state landscape, you look at the United States landscape of our footprint we have here, and who we can touch. And I kind of kid around. With, uh, with people that say, you know, Christ says of us to go ye therefore into the world uh, and spread the gospel. And I'm thinking, man, we got lazy because the world's coming to us. Right. So yeah. what are we doing as city leaders, mm-hmm. as pastors, as gatekeepers in our community when we have millions of people coming through our borders every year? Mm-hmm. Are we showing them honor? Are we showing them love? So, mm-hmm. But the people within it always seem to impress. What frustrates me is really, you know, um, you know credit division, um, social media, really. I mean, I think people of, mm-hmm. of faith, we should be setting the standards of people out there in society today. But you don't, you see some people of faith that kind of get in social media world and they use it for whatever reason. But but for me, it should be an opportunity to honor. I mean, people are always going to throw grenades over the wall from the outside, right. but we should be the ones setting the standard mm-hmm. of, of words of encouragement, of words of edification, of how we serve and honor and bless. And so you know, it, it is frustrating, but also to me, it becomes an opportunity maybe to, to do something a little different. But. Yeah, that's good. I, honestly, for me, and part of it's just maturity, but even things I say on social media, I had to realize, like, who's the audience here and how is this being, you know, read? And and this could even be portrayed as a believer to a lot of people who aren't believers as divisive within the church. And so, yeah. you know, I've really had to check myself on that because uh, it's like you just say this statement and all of a sudden, all this work you've done and others have done is gone. Yeah, you know, right. Because you said 
something you meant to be kind of witty, actually, yeah. you know, on, on yeah. social media. It's it's dangerous. It, it can be. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't do too much on Facebook except around campaign time. I have a Twitter account. I'm not very good at it. Yeah, I follow I, you on Twitter. We follow each other yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. You don't get a lot. <laughs> I, I just try to make sure it's positive and, and <laughs> right. edifying and then... Actually, because it could say the one thing, one thing, and it, 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 it the people will derail you for yeah. no reason. But yeah. anyway, so that part's what's a little frustrating, but it does create mm-hmm. an opportunity that we can maybe show them um, a contrast and something different. Yeah. So, so kind of relating to this area and the uniqueness of the area, what would you say are the biggest issues facing our area in the next five to ten years or so? Well, I mean, there's um, several ways you can kind of look at that. I mean, practically you can say, um, well, growth, we're going to have a lot of growth in our area and it will, and then we will have some, I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at the uniqueness of our area, um, we've got, you know, mostly developed on the South end of the County. The North end is for the most part outside of Crestview undeveloped. Then we have the blessing of the military base right there in the middle, which thank goodness for that uh, for their presence, but growth is going to happen. I mean, how we manage that. I mean, we want to make sure it's smart growth. And for me, I kind of say, we want to make sure it graphs into the DNA of who we are. Um, and again, I'm, I'm a simple kind of person, practical, but, um, you know, I kind of, how the Lord kind of said it to me was, is not all trees are meant to grow in the same soil. So there's some opportunities that may be perfect for some other parts of Florida or yeah. even outside the state, but yeah. what's going to graft into the DNA of our area and make sure it's good. So we want to have smart growth that kind of, in my opinion, grafts in mm-hmm. to who we are and what we're doing. Um, you know, there's always the economic diversity thing that comes up in terms of we have military which if we ever miss the mark on honoring the military, I think we, we've missed the mark. I mean, it's over 75% of our economy, tourism. But outside of that, is it manufacturing? Is it distribution? I mean, how do we diversify the base a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to happen. And then for me, one of the areas I'm even working on now is workforce development. Um, I've heard it for years, whether it was in Tallahassee or back home, is we have a little bit of a deficiency in our workforce development, whether it's you know, over 50% of our transitioning military leave the area. We do retain some, which is awesome. Yeah. But for me, having children that, that we've raised in this area, when they get up, I mean, granted, they, not all kids are meant for college or university. Um, but for those that go away, are we giving them a chance to come home? And, and I'm yeah. selfish from that regard. I want my kids coming back. <laughs> right. I do want them to grow and do, and do excellent. But um, what are we doing to um, work on that workforce development piece? And so that's some of the practical side. But for me on the 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 issues that I think we'll continue to see that bother me more is, you, you know, foundationally are the faith piece. You look at the faith-based community, we keep giving, driven further and further back into a, into a box. And they're like, hey, what's this podcast, for example? You're going outside the four walls of this. It's where I feel when they come in, we as people of faith, we're 98% of the body of Christ and they're living outside the four walls. We need to be showing what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's how our nation was started. And so I think faith, by and large, continues to remain under attack. And so we as people of faith need to regain or go back as the founding fathers of our nation where the church had a front row seat is is letting the church be active again out in the community, which is why I'm excited about uh, what we're talking about here. Our youth, um, I see more and more where our youth are, are losing a little bit of their identity, uh, their purpose, what they're called to do. Right. And so I think we as a community, y'all as, as pastors, we as outside of people of faith have the opportunity to impart to them or encourage them. We need to always validate their, their identity, but also mm-hmm. show them what they can do with that. And I mm-hmm. think our youth today are missing that. Um, it's coming more and more under attack. So I think for me that becomes a generational issue. So we, we've, we, our generation, or I'm, I'm thinking I'm older than y'all, so mine maybe than y'all, but um, I think I see our youth as just an area. And so I, I think that's a big thing too, then which affects our heritage and our legacy and things of that nature. So I see foundationally, 
we have some big issues that we need to, we as a church have an opportunity today to be the salt and light, to be what God's you know, asked us and equipped us to do. Um, and so that foundationally, we as a nation, we as a, a identity, don't lose that. And so there is the practical things that will be challenging, but also I see the, the spiritual side of it as well, which is where I feel like, hey, if I do just one little thing, hopefully I, I tell somebody they're significant, they're important, they're called and there's purpose to their life. And um, just because you're called to be you know, a sales clerk at this store or a CEO or a business owner or in the military or whatever you're called to do or your full-time, you know, pastoral roles, uh, that every, every role is important and you can be just as fulfilled walking out that your faith Monday through Saturday as you can on a Sunday morning. Hmm, that's good. That is good. So you're hitting on some of this. So how do you envision, you know, we talk about being people of faith, the church, uh, working alongside the government and the marketplace. How do you um, you know, as believers, we, we we believe, you know, we are called to uh, seek the welfare of the city that's in Scripture. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and for us, that means we, we do that uh, expecting like there, there may or may not be any reciprocation or appreciation, but that's our calling. So how do you in your role and, and as a person of faith envision the, the communities of faith, the government, the marketplace really working together yeah. uh, in partnership? Well, that, and that is, I guess, for me, per, for and my wife and I talk about it, I, I, one of the things I'm most passionate about is mm-hmm. people's um, purpose and calling, uh, I'll just say the other six days of the week. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people, will, you know, I've seen it where, hey, I'm a, I'm a banker, I'm a, a, in politics, I'm um, whatever, and and sometimes people will say, oh, well, um, hey, I, I was doing this and I, and I got called into ministry. And some people feel like, well, then maybe my role is lesser than. But there's, not a, there's no second class calling. I mean, what you're called and impacted. I mean, Jesus himself said he only did what he saw his father do. And Jesus did most of his miracles actually outside the temple that day. I mean, most of it was out in the marketplace in the community where he was called. He engaged, used the word engage earlier. Uh, it's his, he engaged community and saw amazing things happen. But when you start bringing it together, and I, I hit on the foundations of our nation, the word to me, and again, I'm practical enough. If people have heard me say this probably many times, is the church went from setting the guidelines in our nation back in the day where our founding fathers quoted scripture. Um, they, they referenced the Bible many ways. So we went from setting the guidelines. And over time, you know, I think we got a little complacent maybe. And we went from setting the guidelines to the sidelines. And people would say, hey, that's cool. I'll still have a jersey on. Even if it's the Bulldogs, the Gators. Just least, <laughs> that's right. I got a jersey on. Um, so I still feel like I'm part of the team. But I see the church today. And I don't see it as a derogative. I see it as an opportunity that we went from the guidelines to the sidelines that by and large the church is out in the ticket line just trying to get in to, mm-hmm. to be a spectator, let alone play a role. But I might look, steal that for a sermon. So, just yeah, that's <laughs> good. Praise God. Hey, everything's free. Free gift purchase. But for me, I go back and and and, and I read the story of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Love the story where you know, Nehemiah, you know, Hanini comes into town and, and he had the opportunity then when he said, you know, um, you know, I, I'm Nehemiah, I'm cupbearer and all these great things. But instead he asked him, tell me about my brethren back home. And the Bible says he wept and mourned for days when he heard about the, the situation with the city. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back and surveys it by night. But I love what he did. He, the team he assembled was government, marketplace and the priests of the day. And if you look at the numbers, 70% were marketplace, 20% were government officials and 10% were priests. And what he did was what we would call the miraculous. He took 52 different people groups, succeeded, or 40 different people groups, succeeded almost a mile and a half long wall in 40 days, 
um, you know, people, uh, I'm sorry, 52 days, pardon me, people, I was kidding around when I was mayor and say, we can't fix a pothole in 52 days. <laughs> but Nehemiah rebuilt the wall eight feet thick. Um, but it was all, it, and to me, it's the best model. It's the business, marketplace, government, and the church all working together in mm-hmm. unity. I mean, the Bible says we're many parts but we're one body. And many times the church will say, well, I'm Baptist, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Methodist, I'm charismatic. And they kind of go like this. But instead, that's the beauty of the body of Christ is when we come together, uh, Psalm 133, where the brethren dwell together in unity, the Bible says that's where the Lord commands a blessing. And look what he did in Nehemiah. And I, I kind of put in my notes, the, the walls of Jericho, it's not quite all bringing together, but you have, you know, it's a governmental situation. As a city, we're called to go in and do it. As one, Gideon was said, we're going to go back and win as one man. You see these examples in the Bible time and time again of opportunities that the body had to be crossing lines and working with each other mm. and then going after and, and really winning the city for, mm-hmm. for God and, and for his purposes. And and to me, um, it's it's honoring the different pieces of the puzzle. I, I use an example of, I call it a culture of honor, but um, like the real estate community, for example, many people will, will, they may honor, say, Pastor Ross because he's a senior pastor, but they may say, hey, the guy who's parking cars, you know, he's just, or she's just that. But the truth of the matter is that person who's the car, parking lot attendant can actually change the course of someone's life Absolutely. by a word of encouragement, a simple smile, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But many times they honor one and not the others. And I think when you begin to honor all the pieces of the puzzle, whether it's in government, whether it's in the marketplace uh, or, or in the church, mm-hmm. we as people of faith get to start setting the stage for God to do something really cool. Mm-hmm. And we value the pieces and we mm-hmm. begin to come together as a united front. I mean, like that movie Miracle, I, I play that that little trailer a lot of times because I love the movie, what it stood for. And in the movie, the, the coach Brooks is saying, I got these 20 guys that came from a, a competing opposing colleges. Mm-hmm. He puts them together and does the miraculous. Right. And he says, the name on the front is more important than the name on the back, mm-hmm. which I love that. But for me, that's where I see us as people of faith is it should be a once in a lifetime miracle. It should be how we live in kind of every day out in society. And so um, the marketplace, you know, bringing the business community, the the church community, obviously, which we're all there, we're all called, um, and the government all together creates opportunity for God to do amazing things. So I, I get excited about it and um, just want to do my little piece of the puzzle to continue to encourage people to go that uh, in that in that course and, and let God, you know, as the Bible says, one plows, one waters, let God bring the increase. And so wow. that, part's, that part excites me. Wow, that's good, man. That's good. Well, so I guess, so something that's very obvious about you to anyone who knows you or hears you talk is that you love the Lord, uh, that faith is a priority to you. And yet you are constantly, uh, you know, rubbing shoulders with, working with people who are not people of faith uh, or of different beliefs or um and sometimes are hostile towards, you know, the faith community. Mm-hmm. But yet what I've noticed, and, I, you know, I've been in some meetings and heard state leaders talk about you and heard other people talk mm-hmm. about you, hear people in this area talk about you, they respect you. They do respect <laughs> you. So they're not, you know, they're, sorry not, for me. <laughs> they're not like he's the religious nut over there. You know, they, they want to work together right. with you. So I know you're not the kind of person to brag, but just kind of talk about what you think God has done through you and what you've done to be able to lead so effectively in an increasingly secular environment. That's, I mean, I, uh, that, that, I mean, I, yeah, I don't like, I just feel like I need to do my part and let, <laughs> let somebody else get the tape. I don't, um, but I, my, my, what I try to do is simple and I'm not saying it's right. Um, but it, for me, it just works. I mean, I kind of read the Bible and 
you know, the God, we're encouraged to love God, love others. And Bible says, oh, no man, anything except to love one another. If you want to lead, you really need to serve. Um, and so I look at principally, what does he teach me? Then I look at society today and, um, and maybe through life experience or whatever, but I've seen where some have, you know, um, used, you know, a Bible to condemn or reprimand or whatever. And I've also seen where you come alongside and tell them they're valuable and their pur- there's purpose to their life and how they people come alive to that. And so it's easy to get um, caught up in the fray of division and pointing out what's wrong with somebody versus, you know, I, I, I kind of, again, I'm practical. I kind of think, okay, God, um, I have intersections that God gives me in my life. And if I want someone's, I may get 30 seconds of them, or I may get more time, but how, what's their perspective of God from their encounter with me? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to fail them. And I don't, and, but at the same time, God, Holy, you know, God, Holy Spirit, Christ, give me, what am I to do with them in front of me? Should I, and, and I've seen time and time again, where you're walking up to someone and just say, hey, man, man, you're one of the best pastors. Thank you so much for being here. You, you, you should, I mean, just telling them because there's gold inside God's created us that way. And there's gold inside each of us. And so I can either try to bring it to the surface or I can try to suppress it. And so I've just used it. I mean, whether it's in politics, because there's obviously there's different sides to different things. Um, I try to do it with honor and I try to do it with love and I try to do it with encouragement. And even when we differ, I don't use this opportunity. I try not to to use an opportunity to tell something somebody they're wrong. I just say, hey, listen. We disagree to disagree, and this is what I believe and why I believe it, and I love you, and I honor you, and um, I want the relationship because, um, you know, time will come. I mean, even because politics can be so divisive, but I always tell people, hey, my time, whether it's in Tallahassee or here, that will come and go, Mm -hmm. but I want the relationship because Mm -hmm. longer term, that that is where I'll have hopefully have the most value and maybe the most influence later, and, um, you know, I'd, you know, and I, and I, I, I try to honor the cities as best I can, the people in them, and 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 again, I, I'll miss the mark. But um, at the end of the day, if, um, you know, if I if I feel like I, you know, had a chance to tell them they're significant, then I feel like I've achieved something. Mm-hmm. That's good. What I think I hear you saying is that, you know, in all these roles you've had, you have a job to do, but more important than the job is the people of the job, you know, yeah. and the task. And I think that's, that's the same for all of us. You know, it's like, even as a pastor, I'm like, well, I have a job to do, yeah. <laughs> but if I get so focused on my tasks and getting done what I need to get done. And I think mm-hmm. it is not in, I think in politics and in really even in pastoral ministry and in really any job, you can easily turn the focus of, well, how am I getting ahead? How am I getting the advantage? But if we are truly serving people uh, and seeking what's best for them, calling out what, what we see, their value, God's, God's value uh, of them. Um, that is the key, you mm-hmm. know, and I think people see that. Um, and I think especially it, as a believer in working in, a, in an environment or in realms where it's, you know, there's, it's not a, necessarily a faith-based environment, you know, in government, but people see that. You know, they well, see. Principally, you yeah. can't. I mean, that's because people ahead. bring that. Because principally, that's what you're. For me, at least. And again, I'm, I'm not the smartest tool in the tool chest, but principally, the word of God is perfect. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it, and it always is going to yield fruit. And so, and so, when you go into an environment, and that's why I get frustrated even sometimes with they say separation of church and state and all the you know all the stuff. And that's not even in the Constitution. But I'm saying, God, what? Where can I be? 
principally a chance to love and honor and encourage that still brings you glory at the end of the day. And, and even like, I love the scripture Ephesians 4.16 and, and I use the New Living Translation because that's what ministers to me the most through that is says the body was meant to fit together perfectly and as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so that the body is edified and growing and full of love and for me the, the point on that is if I take out the word body again it's, it's principle I take out body and I say the workplace or your job your, your, um, your company or the city the city is meant to fit together perfectly, and as each part does its own special work, that is the opportunity to me of if I'm the person cleaning the streets or if I'm the person that's the mayor or all points in between or company CEO or, man, your your function can be the game changer for the whole city mm. to rally because you do things by loving God, loving others, and encouraging them. Mm. And you're, I mean, that leading with that will open the door to many opportunities that you may not have sought. Whereas if you come in, um, you know, you know, Bible's blazing, you know, whatever, and that, that, that those doors may open, but it may be, it may, you know, I, and I'm not trying to, to, dis, to discourage that because that may, you got to be sensitive to what God's doing at the moment. But for me, at least my journey has brought me into situations where, um, you know, how can I be used? But, do it humbly, do it honorably, um, look, leave, looking for that relationship at the end of the day. Mm, that's, mm, good. that's good. Well, you, you talked earlier about, you know, f- the faith community, the marketplace, the government working together. And I'm just curious, how have you seen that? Like, what are some practical examples of that either in this area or either I, as you're as you're doing a, your job, you're also researching other models and areas and other communities where how have you seen that work for good? Um, there's been, uh, first of all, I'll say in Florida, at least we have, um, politically our political landscape, we do have a, a governor and a first lady that faith plays a key role in their life. And so he brought in a government person that is over the faith base and community outreach named Eric Dellenbach and, and Eric's been to our area. Um, in fact, you came to that mm-hmm. and we came and we worked, we worked with the, um, that brought the faith base into the foster care system. And, and, and so I see a role in Florida that we have from the, you know, the, the, you know, the Bible talks about even in Psalm 133, the oil flows from the top of the bottom where we have an opportunity that we can bring these pieces of the puzzle together and see God. So we're in, God is already in a role of weaving his way into that. In, in the house, I served as chair of children, families, and seniors. I was able to, the Department of Children and Family, weave in the faith-based community by statute into policy. So we see faith being interwoven, but practically, um, and I'm going back a few years, but when we uh, had, when Hurricane Katrina hit over in New Orleans, uh, at that point in time, the mayor of Destin called another community leader that we started an event called the Week of Blessings, which brings the churches together, the pastors together to pray, of course, for each other, but also pray over the city. Um, and we've seen God do crazy, awesome stuff in that. But when Hurricane Katrina had, the mayor's now calling, because I believe the church, back to that being involved is we the church should be one of the first phone calls made by government mm-hmm. officials mm-hmm. for you know influence guidance direction you know input and he called the church and said hey i need my pastors to come together and and serve these people are coming from katrina the week of blessings of the oil spill happened the you know, the, the elected officials the marketplace the church all got together prayed over the beach went out into the ocean prayed over the ocean and and we saw a miracle in Destin, in my opinion, where oil kind of was supposed to come in one night. It actually, the next morning, was miraculously gone. Uh, so you see things like that take place where when they work together, um, 
I just, you know, like the, the fishing fleet in Destin, again, it's another good example where mm-hmm. this is a small city in Northwest Florida, 13,000 people year round population, but our commercial charter fishing fleet has been described to me as the largest commercial charter fishing fleet in the nation wow. for a city of our size. And because there's a priestly or pastoral blessing spoken over it. And again, it's, 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 it was the foundation of the city financially as the fishing fleet. So economically, government-wise, there's been so many people come through that family. But it, but is there's the church partnering with them, not not for the blessing to be some thing that it's not intended to be. Some you know, it, it was just hey, safe travels, bountiful catch, protect. I mean, just so we see where these two, where they pray for each other, work with each other, honor each other, and they need each other. Our, our cities. And our communities need the business community, the faith-based community, and the government all working together. Mm-hmm. And I think when you see that, mm-hmm. you know, I say I think cities come alive to it. Um, and so I, I, that's one thing for me. I just when I go into communities to talk, I'm like, man, we need all these people coming together, honoring and valuing each other. And I think, you know, and, and Niceville's no Niceville's got such a heritage on the city that y'all serve in mm-hmm. for the faith base and the excellence in education and the workplace uh, and military. I mean, there's such a it's it's here. The bedrock's here. And that's why I think you see continue to see great things come out of Niceville. It's just good stuff happening. Oh, man. Well, all I can say is may your tribe increase, Mel. May (laughs) there be more Mel Ponders involved. I do have to ask you a question because as a leader, I want to ask all of our uh, community leaders. Yes, I am a proud Florida State How? So I experienced some of this as a pastor of a good, decent-sized church. But how do you deal with the criticism? Yeah. Um, that is mostly unfair. I mean, honestly, just you know. But how how do you how do you keep how do you keep going? Uh, just let it shrug it off as best I can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's going to happen, especially in the political arena. You get people that hate you everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, local. I mean, around I was in Tallahassee. We got you know a lot of people just just dislike you, and yeah. and sadly in that arena, especially, it's you're considered a public figure, so you're a target constantly, mm-hmm. and then of course. You know, people are just, uh, I love them all, but sometimes um, some words they decide to share are not edifying. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just do the best I can to pray and say, God, help me and remind me who I am, what I'm mm-hmm. called to do. Um, you know, Father, forgive them and bless them and try to get back to, I let the vision that God's laid before me um, serve as a greater purpose to pursue versus the enemy's plan to mm-hmm. take me off take me mm-hmm. off course because I think the enemy always will have a distraction mm-hmm. to throw you off your vision and mission that God's called you to. And if you give him too much credit in that, then um, it definitely causes a pumping the brake. And maybe in that pumping the brake, uh, God will not have an he may have an opportunity that you may miss. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying what I do is right. It hurts. I mean, no, there's no doubt. Or mm-hmm. it hurts. Um, but you just try to you know each day get up and say. Holy Spirit, Father, you know how am I? To, you know what's my assignment today, and try to do the best you can with it. Mm. So, mm. and can I make fun of myself? I mean, I, if, <laughs> so I just, self-depreciation <laughs> humor can, can go a long way yeah. to make you. <laughs> it so, really can. I comfort myself in ice cream. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, um, we'll we'll wrap it up in just a second. I do want to awesome. kind of follow up that with you know your role as a commissioner here in our county. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had there's several commissioners. There's Five, correct. That's correct. And so you guys, I mean, it's a you are covering a, a wide. I mean, we're a large county. You know, yeah. we go from the ocean to Alabama, yeah. and, <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, 
and and I, and I believe I, I believe we have great uh, servants of our community as commissioners. I, th I think Absolutely. we are blessed as a as a community to have the commissioners that we do. Um, and I know uh, you said earlier that you know you're thinking about you know smart growth because let's just use that as an example. Everyone has a different definition of what <laughs> they think should happen. So, sure. uh, as a leader in our community. Uh, and then just working, you know, you people have expectations. You're, you're in a role, and many people who are listening are in jobs or roles where the people from the outside have expectations on them. Mm -hmm. And then you're working with a group of people that you do have the same goal. Everyone serving as a commissioner is seeking the betterment of our area, of our county. Mm -hmm. And and even as commissioners, you may have different ideals because you're representing different people. How do you work together just Leadership principles. This is what I'm asking you. In those situations where you know you have the same goal, but you have different opinions, what are some leadership principles that you would say, based on your experience, that have been helpful? You've mentioned humility, service, putting others before yourself. But in those situations, ultimately, a decision's got to be made. Sure. Um, how does that happen? Well, and I, I do want to. I agree with you. I, I think um, the Bible says that God puts people in position, and so I do believe that the the five that were elected, and, the, and Captain Kelly Wines before me was outstanding. He just chose to retire, get, and it was an open seat, so I got a chance to come home and uh, had a very positive election and got there. So I'm honored to be one of the five, and and all, and, and our county is phenomenal. I agree with that. Um, you know, for me, when I whether it was mayor or state or coming back home, I. I try to put my values, what I call my you know, values, based on the situation and the season God's called me to. But coming back home, it was family, faith, freedom, forward. And so, and the reason, and I can go, not for time today, but I can go into each one of those and say why they're important. And the reason I, and when I was mayor, I had Mayor Mel's high five core values. And the reason I want those out there is so that, by and large, not everybody, but by and large, people have an honest expectation of how mm -hmm. Mel will vote on That's something good. or what I believe in, at least mm -hmm. from foundationally. Um, but when it comes to, obviously there's five different people, we're not going to agree all the time. And I saw it in Tallahassee and, and it'll, it happens some here. But what I've found out is we can, you know, compromise in a good, in a good way. So you find, if you focus on, again, it kind of goes back to the, the enemy's role, and, and, but they, they want us to focus on what divides us whether it's in the church, politics, policy making, or whatever, if you focus on what divides, you're probably not going to get much done. You may go back and beat your hand on your chest and feel like whatever, but if you start to focus on what unites you or brings you together and put honor on that, it's amazing how one that going down that course of, of focusing on what we can do to work together causes a springboard for more things to get done. Mm. Thankfully, though, the five elected officials at the county level I think principally we're all kind of in line. So we do, we kind of are kind of lockstep for the most part. We do differ from time to time. Um, but thankfully, I think we're all so far at least channeling down the right course of where we're trying to go principally uh, from a uh, fiscal standpoint. Um, and so that part's very encouraging. Um, but if you get those points of separation, I think, you know, for, for me, I try to find the point where are we at least unified and let's get something done that's positive or we can go back to our corners and really get nothing done. Mm -hmm. And so, um, even though I can Tallahassee with uh, people on the, uh, I'm, I'm, my values are conservative, but on the others that may were not, we may have voted different, but I would probably be the first one to go back there to, to hug them and just encourage, you know, and just because there's, we want, at the end of the day, we're all part of the same team. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, we made, 
vote a little different here and there, but why should I use that platform to say something negative? Not that they're doing that, but it should be a chance. To, at the end of the day, we're all part of Team Okaloosa. We all got to, whether I mean, whether it's the Alabama border, if you live up in Laurel Hill or maybe Baker over there, all the way down to Destin, Oklahoma Island. I mean, on all points in between, we're all part of Team Okaloosa. And so right. we got to actually be looking, how do we differ ourselves from, and, I, and I'm bullish on our area, and I think we can set the standard here in a lot of ways. And I, and I do believe, and Pastor Ross is part of a, a group that I have, I do believe that we can set the standard from a faith-based perspective and bringing the faith-based community to the table, working on our youth and other areas. And I think we can do amazing things here. But again, it, it goes back to how do we function with each other? I think so far we, we've done an outstanding job working with each other. We're called to a great area in the state of Florida. Um, tremendous opportunity here. I mean, Thank, thank the Lord our military is here and what they all bring to the table. So um, anyway, at the end of the day, you know, just try to make sure we're, we're inclusive of that, working towards um, achieving the greater things we're called to and, and functioning as a team. Awesome. That's great. So yeah. uh, we'll close with this. Uh, just if someone came to you, a Christian came to you and said, Mel, I see what you do. I see how you conduct your life. And I'm just praying. Uh, I'm trying to seek how God would use me in any role whatever you know whatever job they're pursuing and to say how can how can i live out you know, jesus tells us to pray you know your father your will be done on earth as it is in heaven how would you answer that how do i do that well um I, a lot of times people ask my wife and i you know what are we what am i supposed to do or whatever and i, I always kind of say well if you could do anything what would you do and i want to hear their heart you know, hey, what are you most passionate about? And sometimes you do things for provision. I understand that, but sometimes there's a purpose and call to your life that maybe you're you know, pigeonholed over here just because of situations or circumstances. But um, you know, I I get inspired. I, I I love Sunday morning because I heard one pastor say the most effective message a pastor preaches is how their people live out the other six days of the week. Mm -hmm. And so for me. Um, is recognizing your work as a calling. And a lot of people don't quite recognize that um, for whatever reason. Um, and so we want to make sure they recognize, regardless of what they feel called to do, there, there's anointing upon it to, to honor the Lord and honor others through it. Um, and try to use Jesus as, as a model. He, he himself, um, he's the son of God. He's, he's our Lord and Savior. But he also did a lot of things out in the marketplace that lets people know, hey, when I go out to pray for the sick, when I go out, I mean, Greek, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two and into the cities and, and before we, he would go and to speak peace over the city. I mean, there's th principles we can do in the marketplace he's called us to. Um, but I try to, it, whether it's 30 seconds or more time, to honor them, um, let them know they're significant, find out what's in their heart, what they feel called to do. Then my role and my wife's role is kind of like, how do we um, encourage movement in that direction? It may not be today. It could be a year from now, maybe 10 years from now, but how do we start validating what you feel called to do mm -hmm. to make sure you know there's value upon that so you don't feel devalued as some people do because they may say, hey, I'm not Pastor Ross, so therefore I'm not, mm -hmm. my role's not important or they might not be Justin or whatever the case may be, but no, there's value. What you're doing right now has great value and if you don't do it, someone, the city's not the same without you stepping into that. And so um, we tried to hopefully encourage them maybe to take one step, maybe yeah. maybe to, to run a little bit further. But, um, and again, it goes back to whatever time I have them. I, I, my hope my hope and prayer is that, um, I, I, you know, I'm going to skin my knee, as I said before, but I'm hoping by the time God gives me to them is a chance to, to validate them where, where God's placing them yeah. on the wall in the city 
with encouragement, with excitement to run that race. Yeah. And um, if I can make them a little bit lighter in the journey, then I feel like mission accomplished. Um, if not, then I, I pray God will send me somebody else to do the same thing tomorrow. Mm. So anyway. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you. That was just great. <laughs> I, feel, I feel encouraged. I feel challenged. I feel like I'm gonna ready to go change the world right now. Let's go. Yeah. Um, let's do it. So, excited. I'm yeah. Anything excited. else you want to add? Anything you thought through? Anything? Anything no. you need to retract? Anything? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No. I just, I mean, just let me kidding. just say this, and I'll just leave it. This is you know for the people in Niceville and through this church um, and the podcast is I believe every city has got a call of God on it. And it's up for the people here, the faith base. I think we play such a key role in that. And what you're seeing with Pastor Ross and Justin by bringing the podcast, I'm hoping it's an encouragement to you to say, hey, listen, um, yesterday may have been so, you know, a situational, but today and tomorrow I have an opportunity to honor God and other others. And there's a call on Niceville that we all play a role in. Everybody in the city, in the surrounding area, Valpe, the military, all play a significant role in that. And just realize that you're part of an area that I think God is going to continue to do great things, but your role is vitally significant. Mm. And if you don't step into that, um, the city, as I said to Pastor Ross, the city is just not the same without you doing it. And so mm. I appreciate what y'all do to to encourage others, to shed light out there. And I just want to encourage you personally that this is a special place and you're part of a special community. And um, just be encouraged that God's hands upon this area. And he's got great things in store for you and for this area. And um, just be expectant to see his kingdom come as will be done right here. And it should be a, it's a fun journey. I have fun with God doing it. And, um, and, and so thank you for these great leaders that allow me to be be with you today well thank you yeah thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for yeah. joining us we really appreciate your time for appreciate, oh God, appreciate your wisdom uh and, and all these things you shared it's just great and we uh we will continue as a faith community to see how do we how do we help support what's going on in our area and be well, y'all do y'all uh, play a big role here and we're thankful for the opportunity to be able to do it. So uh, thank you all for listening and joining in the conversation this week. We do hope you'll join us next week. Uh, we'll be uh, asking some questions with our guest, uh, Marcus Chambers, who's the superintendent of schools here in Okaloosa County. So we hope you'll join in that and just hear uh, uh, from him, his vision for our area and education and what's going on. So thanks again for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss what's next. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.